Hey, welcome to Commissioner Evaluation. I'm John McGlynn. This is episode 110, heading into the Dynasty offseason. Let's get to some commission stories, uh, commission horror stories, some old commission stories anyway. And then we'll talk, we'll do some uh, depth charts to kind of give you guys an idea of who to trade for in this offseason coming up. Uh, you know, and that's kind of the dead top part of the season, NFL season right now. We're not setting lineups, but we got to set our team up for success in the future. So let's get started. McGlynn is in. I repeat. This is the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with your host, John McGlynn. Is that Herms? He got them guests on the Rolodex, stopping by to talk about some Dynasty Superflex. Everybody, yo, commission's in. It's time to sit down to listen to John McGlynn. Yo, who we trading, who we fading, who we getting off the squad. Knowledge never overrated, playing for number one. Hey, yo, McGlynn is in. It's time to let the fun begin. It's the Commissioner Evaluation Podcast with John McGlynn. JT, as I was saying uh, in the preliminaries of the show, we are going to talk about a couple uh, commish issues because this week has been a fun week with commish stories on the internet. It's, oh, uh, <laughs> it's, it's not my league, thank goodness. Uh, it's a nice <laughs> playing in home leagues where we can, uh, you know, with, with guys I grew up with since I've been in kindergarten and a lot of guys around here are professionals in the, well, I guess prof- we'll call them professionals in the fantasy football space. Uh, I We don't use league safe. I have a commish, I have a actual Every one of my home leagues has a financial secretary that collects money and pays people out, you know, a day or two as soon as the uh, – you cannot draft you in your rookie drafts until you're paid. And on top of that, uh, you know, a day or two after – as soon as the, the sleeper uh, – whatever you call them, um, the correct correct score corrections are completed are and, and intact, people are paid out like a day or two later. So it's nothing – you know, some of these places, like I remember, like Yahoo back in the day, you put out, it would take like weeks to get your shit. Now, and I'm not sure. I never use leagues because all my leagues are home leagues, and uh, everything is done with like Zelle and Venmo and all the other shit like that. But I don't touch any of it. It's awesome just not having to worry about money. It's the best thing in the world being a commissioner without collecting money. So, John, uh, I'm so jealous. I am so jealous of you. Every time you talk about having somebody handle that. I was like, oh my, if only, if only someone would handle that for me. It's my least favorite part about being a commissioner. I've got burned so much over the years where people don't pay me right up front. And then I'm too nice about it. And I let it go. And then I got to run down and go back and look at my notes and figure out who didn't pay me at the draft. And uh, I have a league where I've got a bunch of guys. It's a, a league I've had forever, but everybody moved. And it started becoming a huge pain collecting. And I swear I've paid out so much money that I never collected. I just paid out of my pocket because I felt bad for people that they weren't getting paid. Uh, nightmares, man, yeah. nightmares. So you're you're smart. You're smart having somebody handle that because that's that's been the biggest pain in the ass for me over the years as a commissioner. So you go to the bar and you tell somebody who wants to be the who wants to be the financial secretary. I'll pay for all your drinks and your food today at the draft. Have at it. Dude, you I'm in on that. I that's the greatest idea. Like I said, I'm going to start doing that at every draft. I'm like, whoever wants to do all this, I am. I've got all your stuff on me tonight. Uh, I mean, it's it's it's, it's, it's probably amazing. you know 35, 40 bucks, something like that, whatever. For a couple of drinks and a sandwich or whatever, burger or ribs or whatever the fuck somebody whatever somebody eats, I don't care. But like, it's one of those things like. It's worth its weight in gold. Just not having, oh, not having to worry about. And I would pay so much for that. I, I, I'd pay their league entry fee just to cut, just to get it off of my plate. Be amazing. Uh, 
but uh, I, I'm in a lot of leagues. My home leagues are all collect like that, but uh, a lot of the uh, I, most of my all my leagues, everybody does league safe and all that's good stuff. So, easy B, uh, do you guys do dynasty leagues? Uh, yes, we do do dynasty leagues. I had a question on a player offered to me, so we're going to yeah, talk about yeah, trades. Yeah, at easy, the end of the yeah, show, so, yeah, easy, yeah, throw it out us, man. Yeah, to jump on there. Uh, you got any quade uh, trade questions from wherever we're at in the episode, feel free to jump on there. We'll bring it up and we'll uh, we'll tell you kind of our thoughts on it. So I don't like we we kind of alluded to before. We don't really have any any uh, I don't really have any big commission problems in my leagues. In the past, I've had problems with you know people thinking they know too much or you know MF and trades or you know uh, things like that. Or the, my my worst thing was when you, when there's no league. Here's the thing: if you have a dynasty league or even a redraft league for that matter, or any league, make sure you have a set of rules that everybody can follow because there's nothing worse than jumping in a league and finding out. Like, uh, you know, the settings are usually on. I, they're pretty easy to follow, the scoring settings, things like that. I got a league one time that somebody dropped out of. I got all the way to playoffs. And at the end of the season, I didn't have an, uh, a kicker. or so, You know, I, I I didn't need a kicker in a bye week. I stacked my team for the following week after that, week two of the playoffs. And then week two came around. And this league had frozen the – you couldn't pick up players. You couldn't uh, – Oh, yeah, the waivers. They froze the waivers they, on you in the playoffs. And I'm like, wait a minute, man! Like, I got two guys hurt last <laughs> week, and I don't have a kicker. And I'm playing in the in in, in you know, and they're like, well, you should have known the rules. I'm like, you guys told me that somebody left, and quit the team, and I'm doing you guys a favor by taking this team over. I get I get to the second week after a bye, and now I don't have a kicker, or at that point in time, I didn't have wide receiver or something, and my running back got hurt, and there's no waivers. I go, give me a break, man! They're all like, nope, sorry, that's the way it is, you know, blah blah. And it was it was guys. You know, it was my brother's friend, Andy, my brother Andy's friends, and all their league like that. So I took it over. That was a, I was it was a one and done in that league. I was like, yeah, okay, goodbye, dude, John. I've had uh, similar situations. Uh, best ball is I've got a, I got myself in trouble in a couple best ball leagues where I you had to play a kicker, and I didn't draft two kickers, mm-hmm. and I had a kicker go on IR, and it was like one of those best ball leagues where you're not allowed to pick up anybody after the draft is over. I wasn't even thinking about having a kicker go on IR and I was going to score zero points all year for my kicker on IR. I was like, oh no. I was like, so now I always check stuff like that because I was like, oh, I should have drafted a second kicker. I didn't even think about, you know, that as a possibility. But I will tell you, you know what, one has burned me a few times. I've got a league that has, you know, fab money, waiver wire like most people do. But we have one that goes through the next morning. And if you get on and it's like 10 a.m. It goes through. If you get on at 10.02 and you notice someone's hurt, you can't pick anybody up to play that day if it's Sunday. You're like totally screwed. Yeah. I drive me nuts. It's happened to me. And it's one league that I got a buddy. Uh, it's a bunch of his friends. I jumped in as a partner with him a couple years ago because he was out of the country and needed somebody to draft for him. So I took up the drafting duties and just kind of stayed with him. But it's burned us a couple times where we didn't pick up a player in advance thinking we had other guys hurt and on bye weeks. And then all of a sudden, a guy's out that morning, and we're like, oh, we got to have somebody to replace him. We go pick up a guy, can't pick him up, can't pick him up till Monday or Tuesday. I'm like, oh, so that that one's like that one's a killer, too. Uh, you really got to think of advance on that, especially when you're in a bunch of leagues. It, those are little things that sometimes you forget about on individual uh leagues, and you're just like, it just buries you. Yeah, you gotta. The, the problem is, if you get in these leagues and if they're online, you don't have to stay in a dynasty league. There's always been that, like, if you join a dynasty league, you better be in it for five years. You know, you better you you better plan on being it forever. You better. 
if you get in there and there's a bunch of jerk offs in there, like you could leave. You could be like, you know what, guys, this isn't for me. Every time you try to vote on something, there's a big problem, or uh, every time this that's any, anything comes up that you have an issue with. The, the problem is, I, I just had this conversation yesterday. Um, I, I'm down to what's up, Wendy. Thanks for joining in. I just had this situation, uh, I would say a, m- a month ago anyway. I, I finally left the league yesterday because the, the, the payout systems were so much that everybody was getting paid for highly we score, everybody's getting paid for the you know, the anytime whoever whoever the, the high we score, whoever won two games in a row got a payout, whoever did you know, whoever did more jumping jacks got a payout, whatever some stupid ass rules they came up with. So the people who won the league end up getting like 10% of the league fee because they won the league. And it's like, because you paid out everything out there. So, and I'm like, this is terrible. Like if you win league, you should get like at least 50% of the pay or, you know, make it worth your while. It was almost like people were losing money to win the league because there were so many payouts for everything, everything stupid else going on. And then I, I'm like, can we do something else? It was kind of like a neighborhood league where they asked me if I could be commissioner to kind of help them out. They all voted on this stuff originally. Then they hated it. But the people that were had had high scoring teams wanted to keep the scoring system in process in, 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 you know, in, in place. And the people that weren't winning any money at all were like, we got to get rid of this. So it was like the good old boys click the, the three or four neighbors who are best friends. And, they, and these people who are, who didn't like the system anymore. So it was never going to change. And people were just yeah. bitching at me. I was getting text messages, the inboxes and MF and then the board the whole time. I'm like, why do I have 67 messages every morning? When I wake up about this league. I got better things to do than worry about the scoring system of this one league that everybody hates. And I, I jumped in at the last minute when their other commissioner left or the league fell apart. So I just said, you know what, guys, you're going to have to figure this out by yourself. I'll, I'll pay the next year's league fee for this, but this is something that it just is going to be, it's not worth it for me to sit in this league the entire time and deal with this kind of stuff. I like commission leagues and people have, a, you know, a, a vision or, or are able to help people out or, or, you know, understand that this isn't a good league because so many people hate it, but. At some point in time, you just got to kind of throw it. You get, you get, it's okay to throw in the towel, I guess, is all I'm saying. I, I totally agree with you, John. And that is something I struggle with big time. I hate quitting leagues. I feel bad. I'm like a super loyal person. I feel like I get in these leagues and I got to stay in them. But man, there's some leagues. I, that, yeah, the drama stuff gets crazy. And I'm like, this league's not even fun anymore. Like, why am I playing this league? That's something I've got to get better about is if it's not a fun league, if there's a, tons of problems, I just got to get out. But I'm awful. I'll stay in leagues. I, man, I'm in a league that the league finally folded this last season for the first time. And I've been in this league 15, 20 years, something ridiculous, probably 20 years. I've been in this league. A, a friend brought me into it when I first moved back to town. And it seemed like the payout was weird every year. It never seemed like it matched. Whenever I won, I felt like I got almost no money. And then whenever I like made the playoffs and lost, I almost got no money. And then they would explain to me like, oh, well, everybody gets paid that makes the playoffs. And then, uh, or like, then I'd make the playoffs and get nothing. And they're like, well, it mostly goes to the winner. I'm like, well, I won last year. And I got almost nothing. I'm like, what are you? And it's just like, it was one of those leagues that I just stuck with because I kept winning and I was like good in this league every year. And they kept adjusting the scoring and they kept doing funky stuff. And I was just like, why am I in this league? I, I literally, I swear every year I threatened to quit. Every year I thre- I was like, I'm done. I tell my buddy like, hey, we're going to drop out of this league. And then every year we come around and we're like, yeah, I guess we'll I guess we'll stick in it. We'll do another year. It is also because I had another league that drafted right after that draft. So I'm like, I'm already going to be there for yeah. the draft for these other leagues. So I just stayed in the league. Finally, it, it fell apart last year. Uh, I, it's hilarious. I actually have the trophy on my counter. 
uh, because it was between a bunch of bars. Like they had two sides and they go together and it was like patrons at one bar against another bar. I had never seen the trophy. I was like, is my name even on there? I've won this league like four or five times. I've literally never seen it. Like I'm in there the other day. I'm dropping off to one of my buddies who works there uh, watching the Illinois basketball game. And he's like, hey, do you want this trophy? I'm like, what is that? He's like, it's from our league that disbanded. Like what? So I got this thing. He hands it to me. He's like, I don't have any use for it. It's just taking up space on the shelf here at the bar. Gives it to me. I'm like, I am on there. Three different spots. I was like, yeah. <laughs> but I was like, I, I, I literally 20 years of this league had never seen the trophy. I had no idea where it was at. I didn't even think we were on there. I figured they were just lying to us. What good does the trophy do on, on the commissioner's mantle with your name on it? Kind of thing like that. That's, that's why in all my home leagues, as you know, JT, you'll see this year when I, when uh, JT, I mean, uh, 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 who won our league this year? The one that you're in with me. Um, I I know uh, I Tim George. Tim George. He crushed it. He did crush it from start to finish. He went undefeated. Uh, yeah, yeah he dominated. I buy everybody a ring. My finger's broken. It's always been broken. So the, I buy everybody a ring, though, for the championship. You pick out your own color. You pick out your own stone. I customize it with your record, the league name, what year it was, all kind of stuff like that. That way you get a ring. You could show up like Tom Brady with your 10 rings on if you're that good. If you won four years in a row, like I did in my neighborhood league, and you've done in, in some other leagues also, like – it, you could come in and just kind of brag that whole. There's nothing like, yeah, yeah. Here's my trophy that I got with my name, but in the plaque five or six times. When you got multicolored rings, like you got the Infinity Stones all over your hands, like, yeah, what's up? I, I got this. It's so much more of a like a humble brag, I guess, or not even a humble brag, just a uh, just sh- rubbing everybody's face. Yeah, bro. So, yeah, I love that. I love the ring idea. I have a, I have a big trophy that almost kind of looks like a like a Stanley Cup kind of trophy for our league. And if people want to take it home, I let them take it home for the year, whoever wins. Uh, but if not. Uh, I'll leave it up at the bar. So every time we come with a bar, they can point it out to everybody, their name on the championship. So it's, it's kind of up to whoever wins. It's uh, there's, and I'm actually, it's really funny. I'm in an NBA league that we, I took an old Gus Macker trophy for when I was in like junior <laughs> high and turned it into an N- NBA fantasy trophy. It's pretty funny. There, the, we were in one league where it was uh, the one guy had won and the same year he got divorced and that ex-wife threw the trophy away just to put, you know, <laughs> that, that kind of stuff. So, we're like, this is bull. That's why I kind of went to the ring idea because I'm like, this is people break the trophy before. There's duct tape around the legs oh, of the guy. Man, the, the ring oh, just kind of classic. <laughs> yeah, the ring just kind of uh, get to the divorce and there she's destroying the trophy. You know, I, I gotta I'm gonna say this real quick. Uh, you know, this is you see the movie This is 40. Yeah, you ever seen that where he like he like she thinks he's cheating on her and she's like just Falling around everywhere, and she's like, "You're being shady. Something's going on. He must be cheating on me." And he's like lying so he can go to like a fancy baseball draft with his friends. Yeah, like so classic. She's like, "I thought you were cheating." He's like, "I just want to try to hang out with my friends and play fancy baseball." It's. Like, <laughs> I was like, I was like, that's so being in your forties. Like, yes. like I just tried to hang out with my friends for a little bit. It's like uh, that part always cracks me up in that freaking movie. It's so funny. Speaking of movies that refer to things like I, I, on the internet right now, you saw there there's a big thing going on with Elvin Ryan and Brit Brit uh, whatever her name is and the commissioner of that league. It's a redraft league, first of all, so I don't understand like why. And it's like a hundred dollar buy-in. It's nothing crazy. You're not going to go broke. You know, the movie Bronx Tale, like when that guy owes uh, Colosio like twenty bucks, you know, and Sonny grabs him on the side. He goes, "Hey, you like this guy?" And he's like, "No, I can't stand him." He goes, "Well, think of it this way." That 20 bucks, you're never going to talk to that guy. Knows he's going to stay away from you for the rest of your life because he owes you 20 bucks. Do yourself a favor, keep let him keep the 20 bucks. If I was you, Ellen <laughs> Ryan, I'd say, Here, what do you need the money that bad for? 
You know, just take here. You go take the take the if, whatever it is. If you go, he didn't win. I think Britt had won, so it's probably second place or third place. I think he was like, yeah, I think he got like third and got his money back. So what do you get? One hundred sixty bucks or something like that? Like, dude, that's the best one hundred sixty bucks of your life. Say, hey, go pound sand league. Take it. I don't don't call me anymore. Don't talk to me anymore. I'll be in the league that pays out. Like, what are you chasing down one hundred fifty bucks for? It's a hundred bucks to get in the league. You won one and a half or maybe 300 bucks the most. I, I understand it's about like, but at some point in time, if the league has those kind of issues with paying out, just leave. That's what I'm talking. I mean, especially a redraft league. Where, what, what, what is I can understand if you how pissed you'd be if you're in the league for four or five or six years and your team was like creme de la creme and you had, you know, you worked so hard to get where you're at and then you, you, it was kind of hard to walk away. But a redraft league, pff, I, I, it would be so easy to just say, yeah, I mean, I'm not in next year, guys. Yeah, you know, exactly. fill the spots. Well, I mean, that was, you know, we'll talk about this real quick because that, that's the big controversy is like, how long is too long to wait to pay out? Um, like I said, when I'm in my my uh, league safe leagues, usually, I mean, that money's already in there, generated, it sends it out, you know, usually within a week or two. I'm never one of those people like super looking there, waiting on it, but I guess that's because I'm not necessarily needing the money right that second. Uh, but I, I was just talking about, we were talking about this beforehand. I got a couple home leagues where I've got some buddies and I'm trying to pay everybody out at the same time because I don't want to have to keep going back and looking and remember who I paid out and who I didn't. But I like I posted on one of our pages. I was like, hey, everybody, send me like your Venmo or PayPal and like I'll get you paid. And I got guys that still haven't answered me. <laughs> I'm like, so I'm like, I'm like, I haven't paid people out yet, but it's like because I don't have them or, you know, it's guys I don't see all the time. They're like friends of friends that are in the league as opposed to guys that I know personally. So because mm-hmm. usually I'll just text somebody. But, uh, yeah, it's funny how that kind of works with certain people like or like definitely want to get paid. And then, you know, I'll get guys who are always like, hey, you know, can you keep part of my pay- my winnings so I don't have to pay in next year? For my yes. entry fee, and I'm fine doing that. But it's like, you know, but again, that's part of the commission. Now I gotta remember, I gotta write it down somewhere that I can find it. So then when I go ask them next year for the money, they're like, Oh, remember how you took it out of the winnings last year? And I'm like, Oh yeah, I forgot I did that. So yes, it is uh, it's just one of those pains you, you gotta do. You're like, okay. But John, let me ask you real quick, because this is something that's been coming up. What kind of payout structure do you like? Because I'm in a bunch of leagues. Like we were just talking, you were like, hey, I hated this league that was like $5 to the high scorer every week, $5 to this, $5 for that. I was in a couple leagues. We did some stuff like that, um, but we kind of stopped as we all got into multiple, multiple leagues and became like more of a pain. So like a bunch of my leagues, we all voted like, like I used to pay out everyone that made the playoffs got something. And stuff like that. And then all my leagues, eventually people are like, you know, shouldn't the winner be winning more money? And I'm like, yeah, if you guys think so, I'm like, sure. So most of my leagues, people have voted on just paying out the top three, though. I do have a league where we do percentage for first, second, third, but then I also do two bonuses. I do a uh, regular season, best record gets a percentage of the money. And I do highest score gets a percentage of the money, but I do it in a weird thing. We do a hundred dollar buy-in league, but we do a, a fab, but it's real money. So if, and you can, the most you can spend is 50 bucks. Like that's the max you can spend on your fab throughout the year. So any guy you pick up for a dollar is a real dollar you owe at the end of the year. So what we do is I throw that into a pool that can end up being 50 bucks, 70 bucks this year ended up being almost $250. So the guy that actually the highest score in the league actually got another 250 
on top of that. So he actually won the roller season championship and the high score. He got paid out a load. He was pumped when he got that, uh, got, got that payment from me. Cause he was like, Oh, I hit all three. I'm like, yep, dude, you hit, you hit everything. You hit the boatload this year. So I, I do some leagues like that. Uh, how do you usually do it? I know you, you kind of have the similar style for all your home leagues, but like, what do you like payout structure wise? My payout structure wise is I, this is why I like having divisions. I like having the top. There's four divisions with three teams per division, which we have a division draft every year to shake things up a little bit, so you can make fun of it. It's it's another way to you make the, whoever gets first pick usually make you know that that's the worst team in the league gets picked first in our division drafts, and it's a snake draft kind of thing. But whoever wins the division gets uh five, gets four percent of the original pot. And then the two teams who are the best in the league who get the first, you know, the first round by that's number one seed, number two seed, they also get an extra 4%. So if you win your division, what you obviously did, if you were, if you're the number one seed and the number two seed, so you get 8% of the pot just for doing those two things. After that, it's, it's whatever's left over. It's broke down 70%, 20%. And then I, I think it's wait 75, 70, 25 and 5% is the, uh, the other payouts for third place So at 5%. It's pretty much you, you just about get your money back for playing, and that's that's all you that's all to play for free every year is kind of the name of the game. You know, if you uh-huh. win your league, you you pay for eight years of playing fantasy football. That's kind of if you get you know seventy five percent. So you if you have a dynasty league, you, you can start rebuilding, knowing that you're playing for free. Or I mean, there's some leagues that you've won two or three years in a row. I've, there's most leagues I've never not made the playoffs unless I wanted to really break down my team and start from scratch. I'm playing for free for the next like. 45 years in some leagues, you know, like I'm never going to have to pay, yeah. you know, it's, so I don't really care. I still want to win every year. If I, mm-hmm. if I can go, it, cause that's just paying for the rest of your leagues you're in. You know, I think I was in like yep. 23 leagues this year, 23, 24, some leagues up to 29. Like, you know, you're in a hundred million leagues too. And if you could pay for all of your leagues from one of these winnings. Yeah, that's nice. That's real nice. Yeah. And some leagues are, are $25. Some leagues are $50. Some leagues are 200. Some leagues are a thousand. Some leagues, you know, it all depends on what you can afford and how much, how much you want to spend, but the object is to do this stuff, have a great time, and play for free. Even make mm. money. That's 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 really what it's all about. Bragging rights are cool and all that shit, but let's let's my bragging rights are my bank account when I win all this stuff, you know. And I, and I, and I get my <laughs> rings, I get my money, but those are the payouts I like. I like the people in charge who win the league to have the most money. That's what it's all about. I don't want the high score every week, or I don't want the guy who had you know two quarterbacks to threw four touchdowns get a bonus payout of seventy bucks or fifty bucks or some other stupid rules I've seen before. I, you know, that's good if that's what you like. There's nothing – there's no such thing as a bad league if you guys all vote on those things and you like it that way. But I like winning, and I like winning the money when I win. Hmm. Yeah, so I – what I've kind of typically done on most of my leagues now is we've kind of broke it down to 60, 30, 10. So first place wins 60% of the pot. Uh, second place gets 30%. And then, you know, usually last – our third place gets 10%. So most of the time that's our money back if it's a 10 or 12-team league, depending on what we're doing. So that's kind of how we broke it down. But like I said, I do I do have a couple of leagues that we have pretty high amounts of players we're starting. So I do like to do overall points as a bonus because, again, if say you had the best team in the league all year and then you get upset in the semifinals, which – Seems to happen to me constantly, right? Where I have the best team, and I always lose in the semis. I have the same bad week every year, and then I end up getting third place. Well, the nice thing is, if I was the leading scorer, 
I still get that bonus money too. So that's how I do in my big two one seven dynasty league that we do a full IDP fifty man roster. So we do first place, you know, gets a set amount. Second place, third place, then you basically are winning a little bit money. Uh, it's a five hundred dollar league, so you actually win seven fifty for third place. And then we also do it like we got a bonus. We've been doing uh, like like a couple hundred dollars, but I think we've talked about upping that to at least 500. So say you made the playoffs and got upset, but you ended up with the most points for the whole year. So when it's that big of a league, you at least would win your money back by having like the highest scoring team. Plus it's nice if you like get third and you get the most, you get 750 and then say you get 500 for winning uh, the most points scored. Well, now you're I'm at 1250, you know, like I, and I had a thousand, you know, it was a, a $500 league. I made 750. You know, I'm like, oh, okay, I'm pumped. So I kind of like to do that too. So there's a couple different leagues. I do a little bit of different pay structure. But like I said, I used to be a lot more complicated. And a lot of guys in my league, kind of like you said, they're like, shouldn't the winner win the most amount? Like, and I'm like, yeah, I guess you're right. You know, you really should, you know, be getting at minimum, I think, 50% of the pot if you win the championship. Don't you think? Yeah, I, I give rewards for the most highest point scores as all four division winners win get in the playoffs and it's last two teams with the highest points get automatic playoff bid that just hitters not like to whoever scored the most points or shit like you know i mean i mean yeah. it's it's not just set up in a one through six system it actually yeah you know, i do the same thing but i'm just talking about bonus payouts like no bonus most payouts points in the tunnel league so i i do a couple leagues where i do bonus if you score the most in the league but yeah i agree oh our buddy toast brian clark jumping on here uh happens about every year in our hockey league really rarely does a favorite ever win and that's again that's why we like say like we've had so many times in our hockey league where that team that slides in in sixth like just gets in has a bad record but has the most points ends up winning the league i, I know toast me and toast were pumped last year in our hockey league we thought we were set uh we our teams were looking great going to the playoffs we both had a terrible first week in the playoffs and got upset and we thought we were going to be in the finals against each other and the team that barely slid in ended up winning it you know, so, and I've done that in a lot of, I got a league, uh, my auction league that I run, my JT's auction league. Same thing. I've made the playoffs as the highest scoring team with a terrible record, like four or five times and ended up winning the championship, even though I was the last place team in. So we always like, just got to get in the playoffs, right? Right, John, just got to get in there and then make it happen. And I, it drives me crazy in leagues where you don't have at least one spot that the highest points get lets you in. Uh, you know, you, you see it, it's an echo chamber of Twitter all throughout the season. Like it takes skill to make the playoffs, but it just takes luck to, it takes luck in the playoffs to win the season. That's, mm-hmm. you know, I saw Kevin Coleman had, you know, just, he put that out and, and ESPN had retweeted it and stuff. It's cool when everybody says it, but you know, he gets the credit for it on ESPN. It's like, this is bullshit, man. So I've been saying it for the last 15 yeah, I know, years. Seriously. <laughs> But uh, hey, Brian, thanks for having me in the league this year. It's, uh, I love fantasy hockey. It's, I've been out of it for a couple of years, so it's going to take me a while to get my feet wet again. But um, it, it's doing great. Thanks a lot for letting me have there. But um, other than that, like commission story-wise, uh, you know, there's there's a handful of leagues that, you know, people, the whole league has just, just got destroyed because of a bad trade that everybody thinks is a bad trade. Uh, I left my own I, – I, when I started, my brothers are in there too, and, and my brother Peter kind of led his – the revolt against me because I traded Josh Allen and Sam Darnold for pick 101 and 102, which would have been at this point in time, Jonathan Taylor and uh, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. I, I would have got, sm- it would have been the worst trade in the history of fans football in that league probably. And they said it was so collusion 
that I was I would have been thrown out. So I left that league. I'm like, I, it's not worth fighting with my brothers about fantasy football. And they're, and they're, you know, awesome. I love my brothers to death. But when it comes like, you know, it's like playing basketball against your brothers. You you want to, you know, throw him in the bushes or smack him in the face when he shoots. You know, it's everyone's like, get an elbow to the face. And everything, eye, you know, black it's, eyes. It's just not worth uh, the you know the arguments <laughs> with with them about fantasy football. So I just I'm well, like, John, yeah, let's get out of here. Let, let's talk about this real quick. This is this is what I was going to bring up. The trade veto. What do we do about this? This is why I am like super anti vetoing trades because again, you said at the time. People said it was collusion, but then you look at it later, you're like, oh, like I would have made out a lot better. That guy really made out. Everybody thought he was getting screwed in the trade. You never know in hindsight where these trades are going to end up. So I, I bring up this story all the time because I'm I'm a nice dude. I get along with everybody. I was in a league that I got invited to by a guy that was in another league with me. I was like, sure, I'll take this team over. So I make a deal with this guy for the one four at the beginning of the year. I trade Cam Akers. People think I'm a lunatic. They're like, you're trading Cam Akers way. I'm like, I don't like Cam Akers at all. I have never liked him. I wanted the one four and I needed like QB bad, like really bad. Like I had no QBs. Like Zach Wilson was like my QB one and the rest of my team was stacked. So I was like, cause there's a team I took over an orphan. So I'm like, I'm making the trade. I had like one seven. So I'm like, I'm going to draft Kenny Pickett at one four and I'm going to take whatever of the best wide receivers are left at one seven to make sure I get the QB. Well, you know, everybody thinks it's a bad trade. I'm like, I, I loved it. it. You know, hindsight cam Akers isn't very good. And Kenny Pickett hasn't been very good either. So, you know, those things happen. Well, the same guy, I went back and I needed running back bad. Jonathan Taylor was like literally my only starting running back. So I tell the guy, and this is two seasons ago. I was like, I'll trade you CD lamb for Najee Harris and Jerry Judy. This guy MF'd me up and down the league chat. Don't ever offer me a trade again. You obviously have no idea how to play Dynasty. You don't know anything about values. Where are we at two years later, John? You would make that trade in three seconds. You'd be like, smash. Everybody, you'd put that trade up. People would be like, CD Lamb all freaking day, every day, right? twice on Sunday. And this guy told me I didn't know how to play Dynasty. I was a complete piece of crap. Don't ever freaking talk to him again two years later it's a huge difference that's why i don't veto trades that's why i don't talk trash to people if you like something make the trade if you don't like it just say no you don't gotta be an asshole about it just say like hey man we're not on the same page as values are concerned you know i don't know if the guy's wife hated him at that moment what kicked him off because i'm like hey we've already made a trade it's not like we hadn't ever done business before but he yeah i I just never forget that one because i was like i was like man I, i was like I understand if you really like Najee at that point, and I like Najee, but I was like, I didn't think Najee for Lamb straight up was was fair enough. I thought I needed more than that in, in this type of league. And yeah, man. And again, you know, two years later, everyone you know would take Lamb in two seconds, where he told me that how dare I even offer him that. So that's why I don't like vetoes. I always tell people, you know. As a commish, I always handle those things. If it's a questionable trade, I call everybody up. I'll have them explain to me why they're making the move they're making. And if I think that it makes sense what they're doing, I accept the trade and put it through. Yeah. You know, and if everybody else is like, well, that guy got taken. I'm like, well, he can run his team however he wants to run his team. You know, I'm like, if he wants to trade that guy away because he doesn't like him, that's fine. If he wants this guy because he wants something else, who, I mean, at that point, 
if you're not letting people control their own teams and their own trades, you might as well put up a trade calculator and be like, everything has to fit perfectly on this trade <laughs> calculator. We don't allow any trades. That's ridiculous. Yeah. It's stupid, it, right? Am I it wrong is on this? hundred percent ridiculous. And, and, and as a matter of fact, in the bylaws, it says that there are, in every one of my leagues, it says there's no trade vetoes. Like vetoes are far for vetoes and trades are a redraft thing. Or if you re- honestly can catch somebody doing collusion by a text message or something like that, you know, or, or to try and like people teaming up on one player in the playoffs or something like that, you know, like mm-hmm. kind of, but you know, there's no such thing as vetoes are not, that's, that's a redraft mentality. Definitely not a dynasty thing. So. Yeah, you got to let people make the move they want to make. You, I mean, yeah. you can't again. Why are you deciding what's a good trade? Well, and here's the thing is, is I don't know how, if you've ever had experience with this. I always feel like the leagues that let people veto trades, it's always the people that are pissed they didn't offer up a trade right. and they're mad that they got beat to it. And they're like, Well, I would have gave you more. They're like, Well, why didn't you then? Why didn't you offer me a trade? Well, I didn't know you would have gave them up for that. Well, that's right. why you got to be hitting the the the, the phones, man. That's why you got to be calling the people up. Hey, what do you give me for this guy? What do you trade? I'm looking to maybe move somebody. And I, it always feels like it's always people that are mad about somebody else in the league that made a move that they wish they would have done first. That's why I hate freaking vetoes. <laughs> so Brian's in one of my home leagues, uh, the Brainiacs League, which is uh, named after James Catullus, who was uh, James the Brain. So Brian was this this guy who took over a team for us. He, he traded to... <laughs> Julio Jones, who at the time was at the top of his game, like prime receiver, traded for Corey Davis and James Robinson. And like a couple guys in the league, I'm not going to mention names, you know, I'm not, but these guys are like, if these are the trades that go through, I want out of this league. This is the biggest BS in the world. Julio Jones has scored about 37 yards and maybe, you know, probably a field goal since then, you know, and that's it. And Corey Davis had like a decent year that year. James Robinson was like, I think he was RB2 that year, RB3 or something like that that next year. And it's like, this is why. You never know where it's going to go. You you never never know know. where it's going to go. I mean, Corey Davis could have blown up. And that would have been a great move for that guy bailing on Julio at the right time. And James Robinson for two years there was looking really good. Well, just because he fell off a cliff, you didn't know that when you offered that trade. And especially maybe that guy really needed a running back. The worst part about it was, yeah. The worst part about it was, it was this guy who never played dynasty before, who took over an orphan and made this trade when he first came in. And the whole league's like, this is bullshit. You're, you don't, you don't know what you're doing. The whole league's just that. We're like, hey man, you can't, you can't, uh, you can't do these things. You can't. And the guy ended up quitting. He's like, I don't want to be in this league. You know, I'm not, I can't do it. It's not for me. I guess that dynasty wasn't my forte. You know. And to this day, I get a phone, I get a text message every time something happens with James Robinson or Julio Jones news comes on about, hey, remember that time you kicked me out of the league? For, I'm like, I didn't kick you out, dude. Everybody had a problem and you left because, you know, you didn't let the thing settle in. I said, I didn't reverse the trade. I didn't, nothing like that happened. Yeah. Like, so, yeah. I always I, tell I, people in my league, I'm like, if you're like newer to Dynasty, if you're worrying about something, I always tell people, I'm like, hey, man, if you got a trade out there and you're like just – you're just, you're not a hundred percent sure. I'm like, run it by me. I'll, I'll give you my honest two cents about it. I'm not going to be like, I always tell people like, Hey, if you offer you t- ask me about a trade, I'm not going to jump in and then like try to undercut you in a trade with somebody. If you bring it up to me. So to get some advice, because I mean, I want advice on trades. Sometimes I get on my discords. I jump in there and be like, Hey, what do you guys think about this trade? What do you think about that trade? Uh, value wise, you know, make sure it works. But again, you never know where things are going to go. I mean, there's all kinds of trades that at one point, this guy looks amazing and you make a trade for maybe a younger player that you think is up and coming. And they're like, Oh, what are you doing? You're selling this guy at his apex. And then all of a sudden he falls off a cliff and the other guy is really good. Or you have times where it ends up being a terrible trade all around. I mean, I made a trade a couple of years ago. 
I got Antonio Brown and uh, Galladay. I got Tony, uh, uh, Galladay and Antonio Brown. I think I traded away DJ Moore. Well, I don't even know who else. Donovan Peoples-Jones or somebody DPJ. in the deal because I wasn't a big DJ guy because I just thought Carolina sucked and I thought their quarterback sucked. And I was like, and I loved Galladay because he was still, Stafford was still there with the Lions. AB was still like, he was being AB, but he was still being super productive. And I was like, oh, this, I, I like this deal for sure for me. Well, you know, a year later, you know, Stafford's gone. Galladay's in New York doing absolutely nothing. AB's throwing his jersey off on the ground. He's never to be heard from again. And DJ Moore's blowing up. Well, yeah. I blew that one. You know, it it, it freaking happens. It, it does happen. It happens a lot. It's like uh, Easy B had just mentioned before about a trade. Like, what do you value Kyle, Kyler Murray at? He was offered for a first round pick and was curious on its fa- on its a fair price or not. So I did question him in the chat. Is it a super flex? And he's gotten back to me and said, yes, it is super flex. So if, if you're in desperate need of a quarterback and you have a early round pick, I would take a chance on somebody that's coming up in the draft. But if, if you're eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, or there's probably not a chance of getting a quarterback. If you're minus, eight to 12. Yep. You, you don't, you have to go. Yeah. I would, I would send that first round pick to get Kyler Murray in a heartbeat. You know, that kind of, deal, I but. agree with you hundred percent, John. Yeah. I mean, in a super flex league, if you're getting a high end quarterback like that, you almost always are going to have to give up a first. It's just the way it is. If you're right. getting a, the only guys you're not going to give up a first for are like older quarterbacks that you're looking, talking about guys like 36 to 40, like maybe you can get away with just giving around a second rounder or throwing a player, in a second rounder to get one of those guys. But, you know, I, I do the same thing and and I got a two QB league and two QB throws people off because QBs are gold. They're absolutely gold in a two QB league because you gotta have them or you're scoring zero. If the, if you get hurt and you don't have a third quarterback or you randomly get a week where a year where both guys are on by at the same time, you're like, I don't have any quarter. So quarterbacks are gold. And in that league, we talk about all the time, like you gotta, you gotta overpay. It's just the way it is. It's it's not fun. It's not great, but you got to overpay and you got to at least give up a first, usually more than that, especially if you're getting like an up and comer or a young QB, you got to really give the house in a two QB league for stuff like that. I mean, we talk about in that league all the time, just to get a guy's backup. Usually you have to give up. If it's a high end backup, you got to give up a second. If it's like a low end guy that you don't know, like say you're trading for Tyler Huntley to back up Lamar. You got to give at least a third rounder. Yes. And in our league, it's IDP. So third round is still pretty important. Like you can still get like really quality guys in that third, fourth round, but you got to give up at least that to get a backup. Yeah. Even in like dynasty leagues where like, I mean, back in the day, I remember people trading like Blaine Gabbard for Adrian Peterson when Adrian Peterson was like at the peak of his career, just because you're getting a zero every week at at, at quarterback. If yep. You don't have two quarterbacks starting. I love two quarterback leagues. If you're not in a 12 team, two quarterback league, you don't know what pain is because it is pain. Like, <laughs> oh man, the injuries. I remember, I still talk about this. You bring, bring up uh, Gabbert, uh, my Mizzou guy, Blake Gabbert. Blake Bortles one year. I had Bortles. I had made a trade uh, for Bortles with somebody else. I wasn't playing him at all, but he was on my team, and there was a team in our league that was absolutely desperate for a quarterback. They had a really good team. They had a chance to win it all, but their their QB got hurt, and they like needed a second QB for the playoffs. And I was pushing him hard for a second. He didn't want to give me a second. Didn't want to give me a second. I eventually ended up trading for a third and Tevin Coleman. The third rounder, guess who it was? You'll never guess. 
Mason Rudolph. So I ended up getting Mason Rudolph, but I had Ben Roethlisberger at the time. So I was like, oh, this is great. I got Tevin Coleman, who at the time I loved for Atlanta. And then I had Mason Rudolph to back up Big Ben. And I'm like, I felt like I won that. Well, he turned around and won the league. Because of Blake Bortles. Blake Bortles played great in the playoffs, and he ended up winning the league. Uh, and so sometimes those trades work out for guys. And I and you know what? And the Bortles was nothing after that. I think he played one more year before he got benched. And, but that guy won a, a championship with it. I thought I won the trade in, in general because I was pumped to get Mason Rudolph and Tevin Coleman. Now, neither one of those guys really worked out for me. But all of a sudden done. I wouldn't have played Bortles anyway, and he was pretty much out of the league in a year after that. So that's kind of how it goes sometimes on on those. You, sometimes you just got to pull the trigger and make something happen, even if you don't love it. I, there's some trades that just happened in the Mighty McGlynn Home Leagues, which this commission evaluation show is based after the Mighty McGlynn Home Leagues. That's all the leagues I run. Uh, there's a couple of them. I had, unfortunately, like one of them was like the neighborhood league we talked about before. One of them was a different one where um, there was a lot. It was kind of getting stagnant for a while, for a little bit, because people have been in the league for it's been six years and everybody has their team set in stone. Kind of they're all in, almost in the same. It's like, you know how when leagues first start, there's the good teams and the bad teams and a handful of teams in the middle are vying for position. Well, this was like almost every team was, was like right in the middle and it was fine, but everybody wanted to, everybody was trying to like throw their stuff away and didn't rebuild. And nobody wanted to like try and win right now almost. And it was kind of like, there was no trading happening because of it. And it was like a year and a half of that. And people were like, this league's getting I agree. I wasn't having fun in that league because it was getting really stagnant. So I got rid of a couple leagues this year, um, you know, just because there was, you know, if people don't want to play, don't keep the league going either. That's another thing. Don't, don't try to keep this dream alive when it's not alive anymore. You know, it's, you got to move on something. You got to know when to move Mm -hmm. on or kind of get the feel for the league, you know, or, you know, and and then on top of that, it was a one quarterback league. It wasn't, it wasn't the settings that people like anymore. So it was done like six years ago. You know, it wasn't the the best of like uh, what, what people want in fantasy football nowadays. Everybody wants tight end premium and super flex and a bunch of flex spots and, you know, bigger rosters. And this is a, like a dynasty league that just had, you know, bad rules, bad lineups, bad, you know, a, a couple uh, players that weren't even setting lineups sometimes because they had, you know, life got in the way. Now they had kids, they, you know, they, they had football all the time. They're coaching in the morning. They forgot, oh, I, I was at the sidelines. I couldn't put my lineup in. Okay. That's fine. It's not for you anymore. We'll, we'll, I'll get another league that's more active and, and more fun. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it, I've always find in, in some of these, and, and this happened in my two QB league for a couple of years, a couple guys ended up making trades that blew up in their face, like absolutely blew up in their face. And instead of going, Hey, it was just a bad trade. I got to keep firing and keep doing people just bogged down and refuse to trade. Like we got to the point where like eight of our 10 teams, like would not make trades because they were, it was like, everyone was so nervous to lose the trade (laughs) that they didn't want to make any, any deals. And so we ended up having a, 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 having to replace somebody in our league and actually toast and our, our good friend, Mike Soderland jumped in and took over a team and he shook it all up. He went in cause he had a new team. He wasn't, you know, stuck to this team at all. Cause he hadn't drafted them. He hadn't picked any of these guys. And he just went in and started a trading frenzy and boom, it woke our league up. All of a sudden everybody's like, Oh yeah, dude, I'll make a deal. Oh, all of a sudden we had trades flying all over the place. And then we had made more, we made more trades in like that two months after he took over in the summer then I bet you we had seen it three years in that league. That's awesome. Yeah. And it was crazy. And it was, but it was just that amount of juice that somebody knew that was willing to shake it up and take a chance on a trade and, and say, Hey, if I lose this trade, I'll just make another one, you know? And, and I think it, it woke people up because there was a lot of people who started getting right in that middle ground and they weren't going up and they weren't going down, but they were afraid to do anything 
to kind of hurt themselves either way. And I'm like, sometimes you just gotta, you gotta pull the trigger on that trade and make a move. So when you, these are some trades that came through in the Miami Glen dynasty home leagues, this is the Bavaro league. All right. So Jameer Gibbs and the two Oh nine for Amon Ross St. Brown. Now, some people look at that with their eyes open and say, why would you go up on my Ross St. Brown? He's going to be around forever. Gibbs is a part-time player, blah, blah, blah. You know, like when you look at that Gibbs and 209 for Amon Rod, like what does that, th- what does that say to you? Uh, you know, we always preface this by, you know, roster build. Who do you have? Yep. You know, you know, that always matters. <clears throat> if I'm in a league and I really have to give, I need a running back really bad. And I need a running back that catches the ball as Gibbs does. As you saw, even though he was part-time, we had to start looking at running backs in the NFL, realizing almost no one's full-time now. Right. It, it, they're they're, they're, they're going to play two guys. Well, you, if you're going to get a guy that plays two guys, running backs, you want to get a guy that's like the Lions, that have a high-powered offense, and both guys get plenty of playing time, as I think both of them had 1,000 yards this year, or right around 1,000 yards. I like the move. I mean, Gibbs is young. Two nine, I don't hate it all because there's a lot of wide receivers mm-hmm. I like that are going to be in that mid to late second round this year uh, in the draft. So if you really need running back or you're just a big Gibbs guy, you know, go for it. I mean, I, I made a trade in our two QB league. I gave away Jalen Hurts and people thought I was a maniac. I traded for Jalen Hurts. Then I turned around and traded him away to get CMC. And people are like, you could have had Jalen Hurts. And I was like, yes, but I actually have a good quarterback group, and my running backs were terrible. Like, I was, like, fighting to find starters every week. Because, like, at that time, my best running back was James Conner, who had been hurt quite a bit, and and Swift, who at the time was on the Lions, and they were just burying him. I'm like, I need a, a difference maker at running back. So, again, most people would say, you lost that trade in the end, but I needed CMC. And you know what? CMC was our leading scorer in our league outside of the top couple quarterbacks. And my quarterbacks were still good enough to keep me in it. And I would end up being the highest scorer in the league this year. Again, if I have Hurts, I'm not the highest scorer. Now Hurts outscored all my quarterbacks, but I would have been way behind at running back. And so sometimes you've got to look at your team and say, Hey, I'm losing this trade value wise. I might be losing it, but I'm doing the best move for my team. So I think sometimes you got to look at that. If you need a running back, if you're sitting there and you've only got one guy that you're starting every week and you can afford to give up St. Brown because you're like, hey, man, I got I got a decent wide receiver room, but my running backs are terrible, I see making that move for Gibbs in a second rounder. I like it. I got another one for you here. Same league. It was myself. I traded away. Like, here's the thing. I already have a couple good tight ends in my league. I got rid of – I'm in win now. I traded away TJ Hawkinson, who just had surgery now on his knee. He might not come back till mid mid part of the season. And who knows if he comes back at all next season. And how, how, when he does come back, how he's going to perform. And I got rid of – I got two roster spots empty by getting rid of Mason Rudolph, who possibly could have a role in, in Pittsburgh next year. They may move on. They might pick somebody else up. You know, he may be a starter. I don't I don't know, but he's not the long-term answer. So, I, I you know, I, and then Israel Abanacanda, who I like a lot, but I just kind of figure that he's going to be stuck in, in an offense that's going to be not him as the starter and he's not a big pass catcher either so uh, that was three roster spots i got rid of two and i brought in bryce young who i only had two quarterbacks i had, i have dak prescott and um uh sunshine so i i brought i got bryce young and the 401 in return for mason rudolph tj hockinson and israel abandacanda 401 is a pretty decent pick man a lot of people mf for fourth pick especially a 401 a lot of players drop to the fourth round um mm-hmm. they're not just garbage picks man we have five we have 60 picks in the in these drafts so 
it's not a bad deal to get an early fourth round pick, especially if it's like a late third, as far as I'm concerned. But Bryce Young got a new coaching staff. He's probably going to get some good receivers next year. But you know, they're, they're, they can only go up. The team was so bad last year. Obviously, they're getting their, they're, the Bears are getting their one on one pick for a reason because the team is so bad. And Bryce Young, a lot of people saw he's, he's a pretty good quarterback. He just had a bad situation, a bad coach, bad everything last year. So. Yeah, Bryce Young in a 401 or Mason Rudolph, an injured TJ Hawkins in Israel, Alabama, Canada. What, what do you think? This is a tight end premium league. I'll give you that much too. So I mm-hmm. spent a lot to get Bryce Young, but quarterbacks are pretty mm-hmm. hard to get, man. You got to trade what you, you yep. got to do. So I, I, I like the move. I, I think, excuse me. Sorry about that. Uh, I, you know, right now is the time to buy Bryce Young because people are down on him. I mean, he's still. The number one overall pick last year. You know, you got you got to look at these guys. It's going to take him some time to develop. And again, his team was bad around him. I like the move for you, especially like you said. You gave up TJ. He's coming off an injury. You don't know when he's going to be back necessarily. But also, you said, I've got some good tight ends. So I'm upgrading a position I need in a super flex where I need a third quarterback. I like that move. Dak's getting a little older. Me and you, I know we're some of the few people still on the T-Law train. We still love Trevor Lawrence, even though a lot of people don't. Uh, I like it. I think it's a good move. Uh, I like bringing in Bryce Young right now. If you're going to buy, I think now's the time because he didn't look good and the team was bad as a rookie. Now's the time to go get him uh, for a reasonable price because you would have had to give up a first rounder for him last year. Yeah. You know, if you would have looked at like, hey, I'm trying to get the 101 or the 103 to draft Bryce Young, you would have had to give up a whole lot more to get him last year. So I like that move by you. Um, obviously the other team, if they were a little down on tight end and, you know, Bryce was say maybe their fourth quarterback, I can see them making that move to get Hawk. Cause if Hawk comes back healthy, you know, he, in a tight end premium, he's a top four or five tight end, you know, and he could be a, a nice little spot for you there. Like I said, I like getting the fourth in there. I I'm in leagues where guys think the fourth and fifth round is completely a waste of time. They're like, we don't even, shouldn't even be drafting these guys. And I'm like, I love those lottery tickets. I love going after some of the guys that are a little bit down on in the draft and, and guys I liked in college. I, I love having those spots where I can, I can grab a guy uh, that maybe slips in a draft at the fourth round and four one is even better. I mean, you're, I mean, you're basically right at the end of there, the third round. So I, I like it. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's a couple of decent tight ends who right now are laughed at in, 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 in fantasy circles or, you know, ah, oh, this guy's terrible. He'll never amount to nothing. Or these rookies coming in that everybody, you know, I, I picked up Donald Washington, you know, just as a flyer, what happens in Pittsburgh if something happens to the Muth? you know, what, Ronald Washington, might, might, he's not just a left tackle. You see the guy move a little bit. He's okay, you know. But I got mm-hmm. Conklin, Gasecki, Brevin Jordan, who I think at some point in time is going to break out. And Darren Waller is my other tight ends on this team. So to have Hawkinson sitting on my IR for the year did me nothing. Got me zero points in my roster, did nothing. Bryce Young has got possible injuries and bi-week replacements. So I'm I'm fine with that with that move as far as that goes, you know. So Yeah, I mean, like, and, and tell you what, I love the fourth round because that's where I love to take tight ends. I like yes. to take tight ends because, like, last year, you know, you had a lot of people taking Kincaid, uh, Mayer, uh, Laporta. They're, like, into the first round, all the way in the second. Third. I think I got Laporta in the third round of a tight end premium in the league last year. And then you get guys that drop, drop, drop. They're going to be, you know, I still think they're going to be some good guys. I mean, I had Musgrave dropping a bunch of drafts. I had Kraft dropping a bunch of drafts. So I think there's, like, you could see some guys – in the fourth round that are rookies coming out this year, that could be nice little pickups uh, and be a stash uh, this yeah. year in that fourth round. 
Right. And there's only like Jatavian Sanders and Brock Bowers, only two like good tight ends that everybody knows about this year. But you, you never know what happens with Jaheim Bell or, or Benson. Benson is having a pretty decent. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, Absolutely. Like, guys like that are, are going to, uh, you know, there's guys who are popping up right now, like, like Theo Johnson, AJ Barner. Like there's guys who are, you're getting, uh, you know, Brevin Spawn Ford uh, showed up a little bit. So you never know like what's going to happen with these guys, what's going to happen during the draft process to the NFL combine. You know what? Oh my God, this guy ran a four four. Oh my God, this guy's six. You know, at that point in time, the four hundred one looks really good. Uh, what about like the two oh? Like that? I'm sorry, like the late second round pick for Marvin Mims. I think we talked about this the other day, but just kind of uh, as long as we're talking about like Holmig stuff. I, I think that's a fair trade. I think a, a late second for Mims is fair either way, depending on who you like. Like I said, I think this is a deeper wide receiver class. I like it. I like Mims. I'm not giving up on Mims. So if I could trade a late second and get Mims, I'm probably doing that because I like Mims. And, and again, this we've talked about it before, John. This is my favorite time to get those second-year players. Mm-hmm. Those guys that didn't break out as, as rookies, everybody loved them coming in as a rookie. They didn't have a breakout year. And now people are like already down on them. You can get those guys for a reasonable price, you know, this year where you would have had to pay way more for them in their rookie year. So I always like going out and trying to find those second year wide receivers or second year tight ends or running backs that didn't have like maybe that big punch of a, of a rookie year. But man, they're going to get a chance here in the second year and they're going to get them a whole lot cheaper than you would have as a rookie. Okay. A different league, which is the 312 Dynasty Gurus. Dwayne McBride, Darius Davis, or Juwan Jennings from San Francisco. I just think that's just a whole handful of garbage. So I, you know, but what do you think about that trade? Uh, read that. Read that off to me again. Who? What's the trade? Is Dwayne McBride from Minnesota? He's twenty-two. Mm-hmm. He's young. Uh, nobody likes him. Darius Davis, who I don't know where he's going to end up anywhere. And then uh, those two players for Juwan Jennings from San Francisco, which I'm not a big fan of either. You know that kind of stuff. So. It's just kind of yeah. like people, people just looking for a roster spot move or something, you know? Yeah. I, to me, I'm probably taking Jennings just because I'm guessing whoever has him is hoping that he ends up somewhere else. And he's one of those guys that's kind of a late bloomer because he was a quarterback, if I remember, before he got moved to wide receiver in college. So he's got a little bit of a late bloomer. He's had some nice catches here in the postseason. So I can see where people are like, ooh, like, I kind of like this guy. Darius Davis, you're basically – he's a special teamer. I mean, he's a punt returner, kick returner. He's probably never going to get a lot of snaps at wide receiver. McBride, the biggest problem with him is I in the leagues that I took him last year, I was hoping he was going to be the backup to Madison, and then he ended up getting beat out by Chandler. So Ty Chandler did it. McBride has almost zero receiving profile. That was a big knock on him because he ran for a ton of yards in college, but he just had no receiving uh, profile whatsoever because they never throw the ball. So I, I think it's up in the air. I think if you if you're a McBride guy or you you know have a bunch of the Minnesota running backs, I could see making that trade just because you're like, hey, let me get the other guys just in case. But also, I can see Jennings just because you know he's an athletic guy. You he there's a chance he ends up either getting more play in San Francisco or he ends up somewhere else and 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 becomes a you know maybe a number two guy uh, in, in somebody else's system. Yeah, for all you people that are MFing the, the fourth round picks here, Brian just jumped in again and says, I took Puka Nakua at 401 in last year's draft. And that's why Brian is a champion. That's why. That's I mean, yeah, again, you I love those guys you can take flyers on that were like fourth, fifth round NFL picks that people are just like, oh, this guy's never going to do anything. You're like, well, maybe he won't. But some of those guys do hit. 
And, and, and I, I love getting those guys, you know, I love getting taking chances on those guys in the fourth round. So I'm one of those people. I'm always like, you want to throw a fourth round pick in? And they're like, yeah, sure. And I'm like, perfect. Give me another one. I'll take another one. Brian I want is, as many shots as I can uh, in the rookie drafts. Brian is not only a champion. Brian is a back-to-back champion. You know, so he got started out with absolutely traded away his entire team from the get-go had like a rebuild for like two, I think his third season. And now his team is, uh, I mean, it's, I think he's got, Justin Jefferson, CeeDee Lamb, and Jamar Chase or something like that as is, is, is his three starting receivers. It's like – And then adds Puka to the mix. This guy is just crushing it. He traded Puka away to get Jamar Chase because I, oh, I, I, during I don't the, mind I, that move. I believe it was one of those things where he had to make a move because he was in the playoffs. And it was like – Eli, he had to make a when – you're, when you're on top of the game and you're, you're going for the championships, you got to make some desperate times call for desperate measures when, you, when you're when – you're, uh, Sometimes you got to make those tra- – you can't be afraid to lose a trade, especially right. if that losing that trade ends up winning you a title. That yeah, he's uh, yeah, he's got. Hey, John, the name of the game is winning championships, not winning value, right? Tua, so there's a lot of guys that always want to win the value in every right. trade. And you're like, is that value winning you the tam- championship? Right. Uh, usually not. He's got Tua, McCaffrey, Raheem Mostert, which had a you know that was a crazy season by Raheem Monster Mostert. year, and he's got Je- Justin Jefferson, Ceedee Lamb, and Jamar Chase on his team. So he traded away, he traded away Puka to get Jamar Chase. When Jamar Chase was hurt, and you know, but uh, when Puka was, uh, he's got he had Evan Ingram who had an awesome year this year. Swift, you know, and Keenan Allen had a, a pretty decent year, and then Tyreek Hill was his flex player. So he's got oh Tyreek Hill on top of that. Loaded, yeah. nice, nice. Well, and Keenan Allen when he wasn't hurt, he was just unbelievable. I had a I had a few teams that absolutely got buried once Herbert and Allen got hurt because they were like they were my scores, and once they got hurt, it was that team died. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happened. I mean, hey, you gotta do, you gotta do some years. Yeah. Yep. Uh that's all the trades we had in the Mighty England Home Leagues this week. We were gonna do some depth chart talk today, but it just you know we we, got we, we're in the commission. We're talking commission stuff, but we yeah, we're, got got deep into it. Yeah, we got deep into it. It is what it is, but we're gonna we're gonna end the show here, just kind of say hey, thanks for listening for some, some commission topics and just you know, I, I hope that some of the commission talk earlier kind of like you know made some sense or you know gave you some don't be afraid to put stuff to a vote. And like, like JT said before too, don't be mad at people who send out 50 trades a day and put the work in to make trades happen because those people, you don't see behind the lines. I send out about probably 20 trades a day across my leagues, you know, and it is what it is. Some of them are bad. Some of them I think are good. Some of them are people laugh at. Some of them are like, I get, I get counters for half of them. You know, it is what, you know, Laugh all you yeah. want, buddy, but I, I get more. Oh, yeah, than- hey, hey, you sent me some that I'm like, what are you doing, John? But then you've also got me. I mean, I'm I'm never gonna live down that McBride trade, that trade McBride. I, that that one, that one's gonna sting for years to come. I I can't believe I let you talk me into that one. McBride for Donald Parham in a 401 in a different league this year too. So I, I got I raked in the McBride shares. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, you nice, jumped but- on it just the right time before you started blowing up. Uh, so I, it, that's sort of it. You have to offer these trades. You got to put the work in. It's like all these people see like, Oh, I'm, I, you know, you're, you're jealous of your buddies who are out all the time going to the bars and restaurants and vacations and stuff. This guy's calling 50 people every weekend saying who, who wants to go out this week, who I'm going to this place to watch this game or doing this. You put the work in on your fine, on your dynasty leagues, put the work in your fans football leagues. If you want to get trades done, you gotta, you gotta send offers, ask for a counter. Uh, what I do all the time is I'll go on people's teams and I'll trade. I'll just, I'll, I'll put everybody, every person I'm interested on their team in a trade and just offer nothing back and then say, can you do me a favor and tell me who you're interested in my team? And they'll send the whole list of all the players they're interested in. And from there, I'll try to work something out or see what mm-hmm. I like. Or, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out, but, you know, you, you got to put the work in, man. That's what it's all about. So, absolutely. 
So uh, yesterday was my first show, the Dynasty Evaluation with uh, on Fantasy and Frames. It worked out pretty well. Uh, Jay, um, Jorge Edwards, a uh, fantastic guy. All the guys at, at Fantasy and Frames, thanks for having me. I'll, I'll be switching back and forth from Fantrax to Fantasy and Frames. A little bit of, a little bit of spice here, a little bit of spice there. Uh, the shows, this was, we kind of got off track a little bit. We were supposed to do a trade show, but it ended up being just commissioner-based and some trade talk, which is never a bad thing. I, I could do that for another three hours. I'm sure me and JT could do it. We could find 100 guests to join us. But uh, that's it. I'm having my commissioner evaluation page kind of revamped right now, or my, my dynasty evaluation, Chris commissioner evaluation YouTube page kind of worked on right now. Um, so I had, I had a, uh, I had um, Clay trades in five, you know, Clay dynasty Clay come, you know, he had some kind of thing like sending your team and I'll tell you, or sending your, your YouTube channel and I'll kind of see how to fix it. So I, he, he gave me a bunch of suggestions. I'm like, Hey man, you if you could do that stuff, I'll, you know, I'll pay you by the hour or do whatever. And he's like, no, just give me a little tip. I just, this I do for content. I love doing it. So he's helped me out right now, kind of fixing my YouTube channel. So if you get a chance at all, you know, go just uh, give Dynasty, you know, Dynasty uh, DT is D at D pandemic clay uh, at D pandemic underscore clay on Twitter. Uh, he, he does Dynasty trades in five with these guys. Really good, really smart guy. A lot of trade talk. Give him a follow, inbox him about your YouTube channel if you want to have him evaluate your YouTube channel because he's shown me a lot of things that I didn't know how to do or what to do. Uh, you know, but everybody needs some help in this. You know, everybody's good at something. You know, I, some people are good at the internet. Some people are good at graphics. Some You see like Nick Script, who, you know, who's the, uh, the whatever that he works. He's the fan tracks, uh, fantasy football, uh, you know, the main fantasy football account guy. He does all their socials. You see him, he's fantastic at these putting things in the background and guys running behind him when he's talking and what they're doing and the graphics and the thing. You know, guys like that, they're special, but they put the work in too. They didn't get there just by knowing. I mean, this is, it took him a lot of time to get where he's at right now, but he does it every day. Give these guys a follow, you know, show them support their work because they're just fantastic at it. You know, I'm good at making trades and, and doing home league stuff and kind of just keeping, keeping the ball rolling and having a great time with, with a bunch of like local friends. That's what, that's all about all I can offer in, in talking for an hour and a half on these fan and these fans football sites. But find me on uh on Fantasy and France with their wonderful family. Find me on fan tracks here. JT, where can everybody find you at? Yep, uh, I'm at JT Orange on the X. So you can find me there. I post all my stuff on the stew with JT Brew. You can check out all my shows on there. If you uh if you like movies, we just me and my, my buddy Toast just did our first uh, movie review. It was pretty hilarious. So go check that out on the Steve with JT Brew. That was uh, I was able to tune in for a little bit for the Cocaine Bear one. That was uh, that was funny. You guys did a good job. It's... Uh, th- thank you. That movie absolutely kills me. So I was like, we gotta talk. I was like, we gotta do one on this movie. All right. Well, thank you for joining Nick, watching the Commissioner Evaluation Show, Dynasty Evaluation on uh, Fantasy and Frames, Commissioner Evaluation here on Fantrax. Let's keep it going. Have a good one. Good luck this week.